Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome this morning to church. Great to have you here. My name is Bronson. If you don't know who I am, if we haven't met, I'd love to meet you after the service in the foyer. Maybe we can have a coffee just to hear about who you are and your story. Uh, I believe that God has you here for a reason today. I was here during the week uh, just meeting with a few different people about some things that we wanted to do around this building and it just wasn't the same as it is today. And uh, I was here and just talking to some different tradies about some different things and it wasn't the same. And the question is, why wasn't it the same? Well, the reason it wasn't the same is because church isn't about the name on the door or about a building or about the pastors. Church is about the community, the body of believers that, that make the church, right? And so the reason it wasn't the same is because you weren't here. Go on, turn to the person next to you and say, wow, it's because you weren't here. This morning you are here, today you've, you've, you've come along, and this, and this is what the church is about. Community of believers gathering together to worship God, to lean in, to, to be there for each other, to seek the Holy Spirit, to believe for God to do more in our lives, to believe for the power of God to operate in our lives, to believe for healings, uh, miracles, provision, deliverance, for God to set some things free in our lives. And so that's why we have gathered this morning, I want to encourage us, let's continue to gather together as believers here on Sundays, in our life groups, in our homes, over coffees together, in the park. Let's gather as believers. Uh, let's do genuine relationships together. We are better together. Does anyone believe that? We're better together. Life is better with other people and especially your brothers and sisters in Christ with you. Well, Today we are beginning a series of talks called Powerhouse. Would you say it with me? Powerhouse. I think it's actually the, yeah, it's the powerhouse. The powerhouse. And why this title for our series? The reason is because of this. The early church was a place, was a church that was a powerhouse. There was power, there was, there was energy, there was great uh, strength that was happening in the early church that we see uh, in, in, in uh, uh, the book of Acts. And so I, I went on to Google this week and I looked up uh, what does powerhouse mean? And it says this, a powerhouse is a person or thing of great energy, strength or power. That's what a powerhouse is. And so the early church detailed in Acts was exactly that. It was a place of power, strength, and energy. But it's very important for us as we, as we read the Scriptures, as we read what happened in the church in Acts, that we realize that the power of the early church came from another powerhouse called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the power that drove the early church to do what it did, to spread throughout the nations, to bring the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is a person of great energy, strength and power. Acts 1.8, Jesus says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power 
the Holy Spirit power in your life. Is there anyone here this morning that wouldn't mind a little bit more power, strength, or energy in your life? Yes, this morning, the power of the Holy Spirit. So the church on fire doesn't come about because of the willpower that the church has or the the programs that it runs or the self-control and the motivation or the abilities that we bring or the plans and goals that we have. No, the church on fire comes about because of the powerhouse of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. As Christians, we have the power of, uh, as Christians, we have the power uh, okay, I've got, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so ready to launch this morning. I'm getting ahead of my notes. I've got to get this in order, otherwise my little analogy doesn't work out quite so well. Every Sunday, I try to come and just be so professional and get it all together, and it doesn't always get there. But, but, but here's the reality. We are a Ferrari. As Christians... As believers in filled with the Holy Spirit, we are a Ferrari. Or maybe you're a Porsche man. Or maybe you're, you're, an, you're an Audi girl. Or maybe, I don't know what it is. Or, or whatever those cars are, uh, you, you, we are that. But what can happen sometimes is a Ferrari can get stuck in the slow lane behind a caravan. So anyone experienced that? You're out there in your Ferrari this week and there's, a, there's a, two, three caravans in each lane and you're stuck behind it, you, you can't get around, uh, behind it. And then what happens then? That Ferrari essentially becomes the same as a Toyota Prius. Hopefully no one's got a Toyota Prius here this morning. I mean, it's a good car, but it's, it's not a Ferrari. It doesn't have the power or the energy of the Ferrari. It doesn't have that V8 twin turbo, whatever it might be, engine that can power it. It, it doesn't have, you know, the, 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 the aerodynamics and all those types of things. A Ferrari is built to go fast and yet stuck behind a caravan, it's transformed into a Toyota Prius. Today, uh, with the Holy Spirit's power in us, please, not by ourselves, with the Holy Spirit's power in us, we are like a spiritual Ferrari. The problem is... Too many of us are living our lives like we are a spiritual Toyota Prius. We don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So instead of being more than conquerors, instead of being more than able, instead of being able to overcome the sin in our lives, we find ourselves living as a Toyota Prius, which unfortunately doesn't really have the power to get past the caravan that might be standing in front of its way. So our aim for this series, The Powerhouse, is to help us, to help you, to help our church to to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and to get a greater measure of His power in our lives. My message today, our first uh, message in this series, The Powerhouse, is called simply Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you this morning. We've spent time in your presence and we are about to delve into your word. I thank you that we would hear you speak to us through this message, but not just now, Holy Spirit, but through this week as we go out into the world that we live in. I pray that through your indwelling and your empowering, 
powering inside of us, God, that we would realize that you are with us, that we would realize your call for us, that we would walk in the power and the relationship that we can have with you, Holy Spirit. And so I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a great day to be in church. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Uh, it's interesting that this morning Zoe was talking about uh, the Old Testament, the, uh, the tabernacle, talking about the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt, the spirit of God. Uh, um, in the Old Testament, it was the tabernacle and then it became the temple was where God dwelt where his presence was. And you had to be someone out of, some, out of a group of some bodies to even be able to go into the presence of God. But then in the New Testament, when Jesus comes, a new covenant begins, which we are part of. And God goes from dwelling in a building, in a temple, in a tabernacle, to now dwelling inside a people. It says that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you. He is now dwelling in living, breathing, talking, walking temples that is you and I and His power manifests through us through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And it looks something like this. God gives us the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that shortly. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. N.T. Wright, those in whom the Spirit comes to live are God's new temple. They are individually and corporately places where heaven and earth meet. If you're waiting for heaven in eternity someday when we leave this place, I want to say to you now, the Holy Spirit is inside you. Heaven has come to earth. This is where He is in this moment as He lives inside of us. This is why I said at the start of my message today that the church isn't the building, rather it's the believers who inhabit the building. Why is that? Because God's presence, as I just said, no longer dwells in a physical location that we must go up to to visit, but rather His presence through the Holy Spirit dwells in each inside, in each inside, dwells inside each one of us. I'm just creating lots of meme opportunities for our young adults. Lots of opportunities. Just add that to some dubstep and before you know it, we'll have a hit on our hands. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We're the church. We're the temple. We're the tabernacle now. You don't have to go up there. God is inside you through the Holy Spirit. And so in a series called The Powerhouse, about the powerhouse, the Holy Spirit, I think it's important for us to unpack some things that we need to know about the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times it's unfortunate, but we, we have this picture of the Holy Spirit where we're kind of uh, 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 G, God and, and Jesus uh, are the ones who get to go to the ball where the Holy Spirit has to stay at home like Cinderella. Do we know the story of the Cinderella, right? The two sisters could get to go to the ball and we all know who they are. They get seen, but the Holy Spirit is at home like Cinderella. We don't, we don't really know who this person is, what's going on. So today I want to unpack some things for the, about the Holy Spirit for us 
this morning. And some of these things I, I, I speak about today uh, may be new to you. Some of them may not. But all I know is the Holy Spirit is awesome. So we're going to have a great uh, preach this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? I'll start by answering that by telling you what he's not. The Holy Spirit is not the force. Use the force, Luke. You know, it's not the Holy Spirit. His name's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not the force. He's not an angel. It's not the angel Gabriel that came to Mary. He's not an angel. He's not an impersonal power that God uses to accomplish his will. It's not like just this battery on the side that God plugs in here. Put some power in there. Come on. He's not a battery or a power bank that we use for God to accomplish his will. 2 Corinthians 3. 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You see what it says there? The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. When was the last time you spent some time thinking, God, your glory? I want to I want to spend some time dwelling in it, being in awe of it, being transformed into his image with increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Yes. Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit is God. It's very important for us to know that. He is God. Scripture also reveals the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the person. How does it do that? It, it does that by, by having verses in the Bible that give attributes to the Holy Spirit that are attributes and traits that persons have, that people have. In Romans 8.27, I'm going to list a whole heap of verses. It's not going to be on the screen, but in Romans 8.27, he's described as having a mind. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8, it talks about how the Holy Spirit acts according to His will. Ephesians 4, 30, it talks about how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He has emotions. Acts 8, 39, talks about the Holy Spirit performing miracles. He does uh, uh, actions. Uh, Genesis 1, 2, He is creating. Uh, John 16, 8, He convicts. This is the one we like the least. He convicts us about the areas of our life that we need to step up and hand over to God. Uh, Matthew 12, 31, it talks about how the Holy Spirit can be offended. All these things are things that you and I can experience as persons, as people. And so, so these, these are traits of a person, not a force, not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person. And this is important for us to realize, important for us to understand. Because see, if the Holy Spirit is just a power... It's just, he is just something that we can, it is just something we can grab and use as we want to. But no, the Holy Spirit is a person. So we have to interact with him. And the great thing is that because he is a person, it means that we can have a relationship with him. A relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He is a person. Which person is the Holy Spirit? Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of three persons that make up the Godhead, that make up the being of God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
I'm just going to unpack this a little bit for us today. John 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. There are people much more smarter than me that say that this scripture verse, and I wholly believe it, when it talks about the Word, it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. And it says, in the beginning was the Word was Jesus, and Jesus was with God. And not just that, He was God. We have God the Father, a person. We have God the Son, Jesus, a person. And then uh, as we go on, we see that the Holy Spirit was there at that moment as well, that moment of creation. Genesis 1-2, it says this, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we have the Word Jesus, we have the Father God who spoke and it came into being, and we have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, all there at the same time in creation. The Holy Spirit is one of three persons that make up God. God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. We see the person of the Father, God, who created the universe, we see him in the Old Testament, the revelation of God the Father to the Israelites and to other uh, people groups. And then we see uh, the person of the Son, God Jesus, who comes as a man to die for our sins. We see the person of God the Holy Spirit who indwells believers to guide and empower us through our lives as we walk for Jesus. Three distinct persons, yet they are fully God and they are inseparable from each other. That's why sometimes when we pray, we pray to the Father, or we pray to Jesus, or we pray to the Holy Spirit. And some people are like, oh no, you can't pray to that one or this one, it's got to be this one. It's, it's all God. We can pray to any of them. We're praying to God. It's okay. See, there's not three different gods. It's one God made up of three persons. Now, it's a little bit difficult for us to get our heads around. Let's be honest this morning, right? What? It's a little bit difficult for us to get our heads around this morning. But, but let me give you an analogy. Now, it's not a perfect analogy. It's not uh, uh, the greatest analogy, uh, but it is a little bit of analogy that gives us a little bit of a way to understand how this works. It's not perfect, but, but, but I want you to imagine water today can come in three forms, ice, liquid, and steam. And even though they appear different, they are all made of water. Okay, they are all water. It's not a perfect analogy, but that is how God is like. This morning, a lot of you are looking at me like, oh, I've just gone back to high school, to uni. I'm in the calculus class. I have no idea what the lecture is talking about. Thank you, Bronson. I've got no idea what you're talking about right now. Here's what you need to know. It's all good. This is what you need to know in context of today's message. The Holy Spirit lives in us. If you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And you need to know this. He is a person. That means you can have a personal relationship with Him, okay? It's not just some weird thing out there. You can have a personal relationship with Him. And the other important thing that we need to know is that the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. 
So how do we know the Holy Spirit? How can we know him today? If the kids would come. Today you might be sitting there and thinking to yourself, how can I know the Holy Spirit? Or you might be asking the question, how can I know if I have the Holy Spirit? You might be sitting there today and say, I, I, don't, I don't feel anything. I don't know if I've ever felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I've ever you know, had this relationship with him. When would I have received the Holy Spirit? Well, we receive the Holy Spirit at the moment we make a decision to begin following Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you haven't made that decision before, at the end of my message today, I'm going to give you an invitation to invite Jesus into your life. And maybe you're watching on the live stream and you, you've never done that. You can invite Jesus into your life. And at the moment, we acknowledge we are a sinner in need of a Savior. And we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we acknowledge that He died for us and He rose again. It is in that moment that we call uh, salvation, where we say, I need to be saved from what I have done and where I'm heading. In that very moment, the Scriptures tell us that we receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Anyone saved here this morning? The gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When you received the gift of salvation, you received the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. So if you know Jesus this morning, you've received the Holy Spirit. He's been deposited in you. He is proof of your salvation. He is the, the deposit that has been put inside you. If you ever want to know if you've got any money in the bank, you go look to see what's going on in, in my bank account. If you, if you were able to look inside yourself, there is a deposit that God has put inside you. The person of the Holy Spirit. The proof that we are Christ's. But here's the amazing thing. Even before we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour, to save our lives, the Holy Spirit is operating and working and we have encountered the Holy Spirit. Look what the Scriptures say, John 16, 8, When He comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. See, it is not your own self that comes to realise that you need Jesus it is the Holy Spirit's power working in you. The, the veil is taken off your eyes to realize I need a Savior. I need a miracle right now in my life. And His name is Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts us to realize I need God to save me. I need God to save me. The Holy Spirit gives us the revelation. That there are areas of our life that are wrong. The Holy Spirit gives us a revelation that there was a perfect man who came and died for our sins. The Holy Spirit gives us the revelation that God wants to, uh, He accepts me, He loves me. He sent Jesus for me. The Holy Spirit does those things before we give our life to Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit does the work of salvation in our hearts. Titus 3.5, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm not good enough to save myself. 
He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, who He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. See, there is a powerful rebirth. There is a powerful renewal. There is a powerful regeneration. There is a powerful transformation. There is a powerful new creation nature that comes into our lives at the moment that we accept Jesus Christ. And it is the Holy Spirit that works in us at that moment of salvation. If you believe in Jesus Christ and if you've been saved, which you have, if you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Here's the amazing thing. We encounter the Holy Spirit unknowingly before we accept Jesus Christ. We encounter the Holy Spirit and He's indwelling and infilling at the moment of salvation. And here is the amazing thing. We also encounter the Holy Spirit in the ongoing journey of the Christian faith, the Christian life, being a follower of Jesus Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit doesn't end at salvation. It continues throughout the life of the believer. The Holy Spirit, He continues to guide us. The Holy Spirit, He works miracles inside our life. The Holy Spirit, He strengthens us. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, He convicts us. He comforts us. The Holy Spirit, He reveals the Father to us. The Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God so we can understand what God is trying to say to us. The Holy Spirit is the manifest energy of God in the world. He is moreover the indwelling strengthener who enables men and women to live righteously in God's sight. The guide who leads us into truth, the revealer of the truths of God, the count, the consoler in our distresses, the encourager in our tribulations. The Holy Spirit does all those things. That's who He is. Today as I, as I close, why is any of this important? Why does this matter? Why are we spending a series talking about the Holy Spirit? Why? What? For what reason? Why is all this important? It's important because the Holy Spirit is the primary way that God has revealed Himself to us in this day and age. It's the primary way that God has manifested Himself. I said it earlier, God the Father in the Old Testament, Jesus for 33 years on this earth in physical being, then the Holy Spirit. And I think that if God chooses to reveal the person of Himself as the Holy Spirit at this day and age, I think it's important that we know who the Holy Spirit is. Now, I think if God wants to us to know Him through the Holy Spirit, I think it's important that we lean into that, that we say, Holy Spirit, I want to know You. I want to have a relationship with You. I want to, 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 to know You more and more in my life. And so as we finish today, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And I want you to think about these and I want you to dwell on these and meditate on these. And during this weekend, how is your relationship with the Holy Spirit right now? He's a person. How's your relationship with Him? How much attention does the Holy Spirit get in your day-to-day life? How would you like to grow in a relationship with Him over this series?